1: I'm Richard Blaze and I'm a chef and restaurateur who has judged or competed on nearly every
2: cooking show. And now I've found a way to judge on a podcast. On my new podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze, amazing guests bring their food arguments to my court and I settle them once and for all. You think ranch is better than blue cheese? Prove it. You hate pineapple on pizza? Convince me. The first season of Food Court with Richard Blaze is up, and you can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Mondays da, da,
1: da, Is that da, da, da. That's what wait, you're
2: supposed to be doing? No, I don't know oh, So, my, Is thats is that a I love that day Is that Neil Diamond? No it's Mamas and the Papas Mamas in the Papas Every other day Every other day of the week is fine Yeah Dang it, Chuck You gotta But really, when Monday comes around
1: Those velvety pipes Well, you're the Velvet Fog uh, Wow Or okay. Smoky Velvet I like Velvet Fog that would be my superhero name. That's Mel Torme. Oh, really? Yeah. That's his name? I think so. That's his nickname? Interesting. Um, no, it's just me, Noel, and you, Chuck, <laughs> and it's Mini Crush Monday, as, as uh, was indicated by your delightful ditty at the top of the show. I was waiting for some backup folks. Vo- I uh, don't vox. know that song Vokes. well enough to do the backups. I'm sorry. I left you hanging there. It wasn't on purpose. That's right. right. We'll get on with our lives.
2: Because you know why, Noel? Mm. We are starting with... Noel's Holes. Oh, my gosh. My favorite all-time segment. All right, Noel. I tried to even further embarrass you by doing a 90s edition. Let's see if I can get you.
1: Chuck, I, you do realize I come out of these most of the time looking pretty okay. I don't feel like it's... Yeah, an, you do in great. A, in fact,
2: I don't think you've ever been stymied. I don't think you've ever gone below 50 Yeah, but you said you
1: said you were going to embarrass me, Chuck.
2: Uh, that's, well, that's my goal. All right. All right. I'm going to... A yes column and a no column with the old Sharpie. All right. And we're gonna go '90s style. Okay, twenty of them, Noel. Uh, we just talked about this. Ten things I hate about you. Well, oh, no, 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 we talked about how to lose a guy in ten days. See, ten things I hate about you. Different. Isn't that with? Uh, is that Heath Ledger? It is. Uh, no,
1: I have not seen it. And I was about to say, if you want a little inside scoop, and I think you already know this, on how to how to get me, uh, is is romantic comedies, Chuck. I I have a massive black hole in my. <laughs> uh, my movie-watching habits for romantic comedies. All right. So hopefully this isn't rife with those because you will, you will best me, sir.
2: I, what I did was I, I just, like I do, I do a variety of films, Noel. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, though, Noel, is a good movie. Okay. It is quite charming. Who's uh, the
1: female love interest Lee. Uh, it's, uh, it's, What's uh, her name? I'm what, picturing what's her face. Her face? Picturing Julia her. Stiles. Julia Stiles, yep. Yeah, yep. she's
2: great. I don't see enough of her anymore. I think she's good. Yeah. She, she was so funny in, uh... Stayed in Maine.
1: I haven't seen them. Is it on no. the list?
2: Is no, in the 90s? It should be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Noel, number two. Yeah. I'm sure you've probably seen this. Space Jam. Space Jam the movie. <laughs> no, Space Jam the
1: Broadway show. No, I saw well, I saw Space Jam on Ice. Uh, did you really? No, I'm kidding. That would be great though. I would love that. Wouldn't that be cool? Basketball uh, players on skates yeah. dunking it out there on the on the ice. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters, of course. And I actually met Oh you did see it, okay. I did see it. I also I met um Michael oh, Jordan? No, uh, but Bugs the Bunny? guy... The, well, yes. The guy who did Bugs' voice oh. in Space Jam, who, Billy West, who is a legendary voice actor. Wow. He did like Ren and Stimpy oh, and goodness. Doug Funny. And he did... Uh, oh, he does um Fry on Futurama. That is what his actual voice sounds like. Oh, really? Um, but he did Bugs Bunny on Space Jam. And that's the only Bugs Bunny he's ever done. But I met him. Wow. He's very, very cool. That's kind of cool. Where'd you meet him? We did this... Cartoon Network partnership podcast oh, called sure. Drawn, yeah, yeah. and uh, he was one of the folks we interviewed for like the voice acting episode. Good guy? Very, very good guy. Did he do voices for you in person? So many. He was so really? great. So oh, great. Man. He did the Wren the, the scream, oh, like the, 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 you idiot, yeah, and, uh-huh. the, and then the Stimpy, you know, ah, uh-huh. ah, I can't even do it. I can't even like, get my voice God, to that level. And that he, he had to go so far fine. off mic to do it, and he knew exactly what he was doing. That, that was, was that totally was fantastic. Yeah, I he love was it. a pro.
2: All right, Noel number three, Boys in the Hood. I can't cop to that because I've I've only seen it in snippets. All right, Noel number four, uh, Babe two, Pig in the City. Nope, saw Babe one though. That's another no. Uh, Noel, the great great film, L.A. Confidential. Yes, I've seen that m- multiple times. Okay, that was late nineties. Uh, like
1: sure, ninety nine. I want to say. Turn of the, turn of the 90s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> turn of the century. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cruel Intentions. Yes. Yes. That sounded iffy? Yeah. No, that's with What's-Her-Face. Uh, Sarah Michelle Galar? Yeah. Ryan from, from Buffy. Yep. All right. Yeah, I've seen that. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Quite like that. Uh, the Talented Mr. Ripley. Yep. Okay. Real creepy role for for Damon. Sure. Yeah. No spoilers there, but. A good movie. Yeah, he gets he gets a little stalkery in that one. <laughs> no spoilers. Mm. Uh Noel, the movie 54 about Studio 54. Yeah, with Mike Myers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You saw that? I, I did see that. All right. I don't You're think,
1: think that was it, remembered Noel. very fondly. Uh no, it I was I don't not. think it was thought of as being a very good film, but I, I remember I remember thinking it was I was young enough with at the time where I was like I felt like a little naughty for seeing it because it was yeah. like I had a lot of I think Ryan Phillippe was in that stuff. too. He was in that. Yeah. It was sort of like the less good boogie nights. Like it was trying to jump Way off of what boogie nights had accomplished. I think you're right. And it just wasn't that.
2: Yeah, that's a shame too. There should be a good Studio 54 movie. Mike Myers wore a weird prosthetic nose or something in it too, I seem yeah, to Yeah, he played uh, can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. Uh, the the owner though, the real life owner. The guy, yeah. The People vs. Larry Flint, Noel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Courtney Love playing a very Courtney Love-esque figure in that movie. Noel, the Gwyneth Paltrow, Ethan Hawke version of Great Expectations. Yep. Saw that. You're killing it, man. With, 90s, uh, that's your good, decade. That was
1: a big soundtrack movie, too. That was a, like one of those, at the time when people still bought movie soundtracks mm-hmm. for the songs. Right. Like, not the score, because like it was like a curated thing. And it had a yeah. pulp song on it called "Like a Friend" that I still very much enjoy. Oh, I like that movie. It gets yeah. bagged on. Uh
2: huh. I thought it was good. It was good. Uh, let me see here. Absolute Power, Noel. Clint Eastwood. I don't remember. I'd say that I'm going to have to give it a no. The Western, uh, modern Western comedy, Maverick.
1: Yes, yes, poker, poker movie. I didn't see it with uh, Jodie Foster and uh, James. Uh, yes. Oh shit, Almost James
2: there. from the Notebook and Rockford Files. Yeah, exactly.
1: And his, uh, the Great Escape. What is his last name?
2: James Garner. Garner. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that movie. No, you you were, have virtually locked this one in the bag at this point. Cool. Uh, the movie, uh, the Robert Altman classic, Shortcuts. I have not. Okay. Seen that one. The Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger film, where they met, I believe, the marrying man. No. Absolutely not. Mm, the nose are catching up. Uh the gangster Johnny Depp gangster film, Donnie Brasco.
1: Yeah, I saw Donnie Brasco. I figured. What the fuck? Who, who the fuck you think you're talking to? I saw Donnie Brasco. <laughs> fuck you. Isn't he like a mole? He's like a secret, like, uh, he's like posing as a gangster. I think, yeah. I think he was undercover. Uh, I think uh, he's actually, undercover. he's undercover. Yeah. I remember. That, that was a good movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, The Full Monty. Oh, I loved The Full Monty. Of course you did. I actually remember seeing that in New York at like some little art house theater
2: when it came out when I was a kid with my mom. Oh, jeez, mm-hmm. Yep. Noel, the uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, Ron Howard epic Far and Away. I did see that in the theaters. You are crushing that. I found it. Noel. I found it very boring as You're a child. Crushing the nineties. Thought I might have you with that one. Uh, the Eddie Murphy Steve Martin film Bowfinger. Yeah, saw that in the theaters too. Boom. You're killing it! I knew you would. Yeah. Uh, two more, Noel. Okay, you've got this one locked up. Good. Uh, in fact, this is your best performance yet. Wow, I love it. I
1: love a slow start and then a redemption story. You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're like you that. had one of those when I did
2: Chuck's holes. Oh man, I, I thought there was no way I was going to yeah. get fifty percent. You did well. I Barely got it. Uh, the Ashley Judd film Double Jeopardy. Yes, of course.
1: Doesn't it it rely on the false notion that you can't be convicted of a crime twice or something like that? I think that's true, though, right? Well, it is true, but I think the way they present it in the movie is not quite true. It doesn't hold up to legal scrutiny. I believe that's the case, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken. I feel like that movie's been ragged on for that. uh, Gotcha. Question for you real quick, Chuck. I say ragged on. You say bagged on. Are both of them acceptable, or am I just saying something that is totally nonsensical?
2: Uh, to me, there are two different things. When I'm ragging on someone, I'm kind of teasing them. If I'm bagging on someone, I'm saying they suck. Oh, so ragging is a little more lighthearted version of bagging. Yeah, like I rag on you, but I'm not going to bag so, okay, on
1: you. Just make, see, okay, that's, we've clarified that. <laughs> that was important for that's me. That's my interpretation.
2: I adult. think that's accurate. Right. I was
1: making sure that I, when I was saying ragging, that that is something people say. Sure. Cool. Especially in the 90s. Just making sure I'm normal. Which is where, well, I got to take the temperature (laughs) of the
2: room sometimes, Chuck. Uh, And then finally, Noel, finish it out strong. I I think you've probably seen the great Spike Lee uh, true crime film, Summer of Sam. I have with the talking dog. All right. Final score, uh, 14 to 6. Nice. Noel crushes the 90s as expected. Thanks, dude. And now
0: we will go to a message break. Let's do it. Here's the thing.
2: All right, we're back. <laughs> I've never done that before. Well, I'm going to make a note in here for Ramsey so he doesn't have to find the ad break this time. Well, do you know it would be funny is if Ramsey <laughs> put the message break somewhere else and then, like, it just had this awkward pause. That would be funny. Where we giggled. But not very efficient, so I am going to make the note. All right, Noel, we're going to move on and finish up with two social studies. Social studies on Movie Crush. Uh, two good ones. One is called Saddest Movie Scene Ever. And here we go. Ryan Zach says, in The Fox and the Hound, when Copper bounces away in the back of a truck as Todd looks onward, but they never get to see their best friend again.
1: Should we do a blanket spoiler alert for this? Because I feel like sometimes the saddest scene in a movie is going to
2: be a spoiler. Yeah, blanket spoilers. Blanket spoilers for any potential movie. (laughs) Good call. Um, Jimmy Kikendall says, hands down, the first 10 minutes of Up. Everyone says that. Good God. People love, love to – no, yeah, love, I guess. I mean, are just are, – are moved in an uncomfortable way by that or – Yeah, they should use that. You know when they do crying studies? Mm-hmm. They hook up little uh, containers under your eyes to catch your tears. Really? And they show you sad shit. Ah.
1: Huh.
2: And they should totally use that. That would be good. And the reason I know this is because growing up I saw a spectral, a, a spectral on 60 Minutes or something mm-hmm. – where they did a crying study, and this was when I was young. So they showed the movie Brian's Song about oh, no. uh, the true story of a football player who dies young. Ah, Ugh. It was known as like the saddest movie of all time. Really? Yeah. Is it God old? Said. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Jimmy Conn and uh, got it. Oh, who played Gale Sayers? Mm, can't remember.
1: Is that the one where he says, take one for the Gipper? Do you Give me one for the Gipper?
2: No, no. That's no? Not, that's not a thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is a thing. That is a thing. I believe it's uh, Jimmy Stewart that says that. Uh, all right. Let's go to Brittany's story. And here's what I'm going to admit. I don't even know what film you're talking about here. But 80 people up-liked it or sad-faced it. When our do you know who that is? Yeah, it's the never-ending story, dude. Yeah, it's When the horse
1: <laughs> drowns in the swamps of sadness, sinks yeah. into
2: the swamps. When Artax slowly sank into the swamp of sadness. And uh, Atreyu realizes he can't save him from his own sadness. Yeah. You have to try. You have to care. That scene is likely the first trauma that anyone born in the 70s, 80s experienced. Oh, dude,
1: no. That movie in general is full of those moments, but that one is, is a crusher. I never yeah. saw that. Can you believe that? Yeah, it seems what like— What year did that—oh, that was 84. I was 13— I feel yeah, like I'm... it would have been a beauty. Really? Yeah, it's not. It's, I mean, it's a, kind of an intense like fantasy. All right. You know, there's a lot of like violence, and I mean, yeah, 13 would have been just about right. Any younger than that would
2: almost be ugh, too much. Billy All Crystal's
1: right. in it. He plays a weird bat kind of creature guy.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It's good. Uh, Tim Castro, Toy Story two, uh, 2, Jesse's backstory, accompanied by the Sarah McLaughlin song, When She Loved Me. Oh, man, this is just bumming me out, everybody. Those Toy Story movies are... Sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, Ruby's already seen a couple of them, but. Didn't you say she made a comment about it or something? Or Maybe it wasn't
1: that one, but you said something no, like that. which where, one? Something made her sad. Something
2: made her real sad. I don't remember yeah. it was. I don't remember. doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> 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 you bastard. Oh, Joe Herndon. Uh God. And Forrest Gump when uh, Tom Hanks meets his son and asks if he's smart.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you just triggered me just now.
2: Can't take it, Noel. I don't know if I'm going to get through this segment. Isn't that little Haley Joel Osmond, too? I (laughs) think so, right? Little BB Haley Joel. Little BB Haley. Uh, Don M. Lozano says Ricky Schroeder uh, in The Champ when The Champ dies. Man, this is all so sad.
1: (laughs) Does that give him one for The Gipper?
2: No, uh, yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me see. You're going to look that shit up, aren't you, Noel? I think it was wasn't it like a Ronald Reagan movie. That's exactly what it was, Chuck. He was the Gipper? Yep. Isn't that right? He's the Gipper. Win one for the Gipper. <laughs> uh, our old friend, The Mudge, Jennifer Mudge, says, obviously, the scene in Dumbo uh, with a mom, and she's in the cage thing, and their trunks are wrapped together. Why on earth is this a kid's movie? I'm still heartbroken. Yeah, man, they will, they will destroy you as a child uh megan rosenbaugh says the funeral scene for my girl he can't see without his glasses i had a realization the other day and i've been really loving the show veep have you seen veep uh i watched all of veep yeah it's that was a huge fantastic
1: it's so funny and smart and sharp uh, the Best writing on tv while it was on it is incredible well it's still on right now there's the last season is, is on no but right this now. is it yeah, you're watching it though, right? Yeah, currently. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Got I, I awkwardly it. was saying now, it's over now. Yeah, it gets how it felt. Um, but no, the Anna Klumsky, who is the super snarky yeah. like <laughs> chief of staff, uh-huh. that is my girl. She is uh-huh. my girl. Yeah. Did you know that? I did. I didn't know that until recently. Okay, I'm sorry. I was saying like
2: it's some revelation. Uh, I didn't realize that. So you didn't realize she was in Veep, or you didn't connect the dots? I didn't that connect she was the dots until pretty recently. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she took a big, a big comeback. Old hiatus. Like,
1: she didn't do anything for a long time.
2: I think she went to college.
1: Good, good, good
2: job. Yeah. When you say she didn't do anything, you mean acting wise. Didn't do the most uh, vapid job on earth, which is exactly. <laughs> uh, when Ruth dies and fried green tomatoes, that's from Eric Montaigne. That was pretty, pretty sad. Our old friend Lillian Rolfe says the end of Grave of Fireflies. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know this movie.
1: It is uh it's not a Miyazaki movie, but it is a studio Ghibli movie. I don't and know what any of these words you're saying. Miyazaki mean. did he's he's like the the Walt Disney of Japan. He did like What's Studio Ghibli? That's his studio. Oh, okay. It's, it's like with the Disney of Japan. It's oh. like that big. They make I'm all so these incredible in. animated films. He did uh like Princess Mononoke was a real like all of his I've heard were of that one. pretty big in the States. They've sure. all been dubbed by like celebrity voices and all that. Um but Grave of the Fireflies is about Uh, Either Nagasaki or Hiroshima, like one of the cities where, you know, the atomic bomb was dropped and it follows a girl and her – I'm sorry, a boy and his uh, little sister as they're kind of separated from their family and then just like kind of going through trying to survive in this like post – practically post-apocalyptic Japan. And it's not gruesome exactly. It's not graphic in the way you'd think, but it just – plants these seeds emotionally and then it just kind of twists the knife it's really really powerful wow and it's beautiful it's not like upsetting sad it's like cathartic sad it's really I'm, I'm about to tear up just talking Jeez. about it. it's incredible Chuck
2: we're sensitive guys Noel uh, Joshua Inman actually seconded said Grave of Fireflies the whole movie what a downer he says um, Amy Ball says in Lord of the Rings colon F-O-T-R whatever that means <laughs> I'm just kidding. F-O-T-R? Fellowship of the Ring. I know oh, yeah, means. yeah, yeah. I'm just being coy. Uh, let me guess. She The the saddest scene in that movie is the first scene of the first movie is my, my guess. <laughs> Which one? Lord of the Rings. The first scene of the first movie is the saddest scene because that means it started. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, Chuck. That's very good. That's very good. Uh, no, Amy Ball. I'm just kidding. She says, when uh, Boromir dying says, uh, I would have gone with you, my brother, my captain, my king. Yeah, well. I, I think, think the Lord, Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> movies
1: are lovely, Chuck. I, I, I do agree that the last one is about a movie's length too long, you know, or mm. how, you know, it's, it's too long. But I think they're good movies.
2: Our old friend Luis Silva. When Mickey dies in Rocky Three, Mickey Mouse? Oh, come on. Is this a... Get out. Okay. I'm gone.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to get sued by Disney just for uttering those words. Oh, you think? Just for speaking the name
2: of the mouse. They're gonna come come after all your monies? They will come down on me. <laughs> like the hammer of the gods. Uh Don Morris, our old friend, says the dad's speech at the end of Call Me by Your Name. Yeah, boy, I didn't that see was that. Uh, I didn't that's it's it. great. I've heard, heard it's good. It's it's really great. Very, very good movie. Very moving. Sherry Jones, terms of endearment. Oh good lord. When the kids come in and say goodbye to their mom. Ugh. Holy shit. I was sad when I came up with this post last night, Noel. That's why I did it.
1: Why were you sad, Chuck? Why were you sad? No,
2: just life. Life stuff. Yeah. <laughs> life stuff. Uh, and I, when I'm sad, Noel, I don't want to be cheered up. I like to wallow in that. Totally. I will listen to the Smiths. I will feel sad. Yeah. And I will just drink it in. Because it feels good to feel sad sometimes. Well, there's a
1: thing uh, my girlfriend told me about. She comes from a therapy background. It's called toxic positivity. Ooh. It's when someone's feeling sad, and all you do is try to pause them up, you know, and try to make them feel yeah, yeah. better. But you, but by doing that, sometimes you are uh, diminishing the validity of their sadness by saying like, "Oh, just be happy. It's easy. Yeah, just figure it out here. Just let me, let me." That's, da, ha ha da, the, the, da, Our parents' generation
2: and beyond. There's yeah. a lot of that. We call yep. it Pollyanna.
1: Yep. in our house, exactly. like
2: just trying to like, oh well. Just don't let it bother you.
1: I'm guilty like, of doing that sometimes to, to folks. I think I'm helping, but she kind of told yeah, me about this, it's not, a this line. concept, and I realized, no, sometimes you just have to be there and listen and just let people go
2: through their stuff yeah. and just let them know that you're there for them if they yep. need
1: you, but not, like, try to change them or fix them. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I
2: think a man's um, – men often try to fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think men sometimes aren't the best listeners in relationships right? because they are just go into like, well, what can I do to make this right mode? Right. When I think women are more prone to be like, let's dig into this. Why, yep. why are we sad? This is Psychology 101 with uh, <laughs> Nolan Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I like feeling sad sometimes. And I should say that I, I've never suffered from depression or anything like that. That is a real deal thing. That I'm not making light of saying, like, it's fun to feel sad. Uh, dude. But so, I-, I don't know what that's like. Uh, I'm a happy person. So... When I feel a range of emotions, it's good for me. Absolutely. I
1: in general am too. And I, I sometimes wonder, and it's not so cut and dry whether or not you quote unquote have depression because it's like a, it's a spectrum, you know, it's like a scale. Absolutely. And I've sometimes wondered if I do sometimes, but then I, I see people who really, really have it and I'm like, oh no, no, I don't have it like that. So right. it's just, I think sometimes just the human condition is
2: sometimes not being happy hundred percent of the time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Life's tough, man. Ben Emerson says, "When Bowen has to kill Draco at the end of Dragonheart, didn't see that film. Don't know that film." Uh, Ian Lyon says, "The end of Dear Zachary. Oh, good God! All of Dear Zachary, Ian. That's what I say. That's a
1: documentary, right? Yeah, just yeah. Whew. My friend uh, tough, Matt, tough. who you I think no, he we worked with us on some stuff. He recommended that as just like the quintessential best." emotionally mm-hmm. draining documentary in, in the world. Yeah.
2: It's one of those things where you're just like, how much can one family take? You know? Real, real stuff, everybody. Um let me see here. Um, Scott Thiel says Dead baby in Titanic. I don't remember a dead baby. Don't recall a dead baby. Was it like a floater? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> there we are, folks. Rock bottom.
0: <laughs> wait a minute. No, 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 no. I do remember.
1: Doesn't – wait, 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 wait. Doesn't maybe like the mother – like a mother kill her baby or something? Oh, I don't Because think she so. thinks no. the end is nigh? No. I'm just going to Google dead baby Titanic, Well, okay? please
2: do. Uh, I think the scene in Titanic that has traditionally wrecked people is the old couple who curl up together as the water is coming in the room. That was pretty tough. Uh, Kate, it is a floater. Really? Yeah, it's
1: dead mom and holding dead baby underwater. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a picture. There's an image.
2: All right, well, i take it all back.
1: Uh, and she's all, they're, they're both all pale and ghosty looking.
2: Well, you know what that means, Noel. They've just descended to heaven. Yeah, that's so it's, true. it's all good. Speaking of Pollyanna. Um... All right, let's just do a couple of more because, good God, this is a bummer. Uh, Jill of Vinden says, of Mice and Men, any version when Lenny has to be killed. That's tough. Tough book. A lot the of people... rabbits.
1: Look at the rabbits. Look I at know. the bunnies.
2: A lot of people on Grave of Fireflies, all no, I got to check that out. I like a good, sad movie. Oh, it's so good, Chuck. And if you haven't seen any of those Ghibli
1: movies or any of those uh, Miyazaki films, there's one called The Wind Also Rises that I actually haven't seen. But it's about the invention of like the airplane in Japan, like their version, like for military purposes. And how it's all about like this guy who just loves the idea of flight and then how his dream is kind of co-opted into turning it into like a war machine. And it's like that whole juxtaposition. But uh, he is a genius guy. Miyazaki. Yeah.
2: I got to check it out. Mm -hmm. All right, Noel, we're going to finish up this week. With uh, something we're going to continue because we got uh, a lot of engagement here. Um, I, I don't have a name for this, so I'm going to call it Uh, you call that a tip? I don't know if we're going to have music for that. But that's what we're going to call this, Noel. And this is uh, home movie viewing tips. This is like a very practical um, bit we're going to do. Cool. Stuff that people may not know. And I said from lighting and sound to mood setting, popcorn, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I use an example. Here's my tip, everyone. Um, very simple. put uh, backlight your TV, put a light behind your TV. That's wild to me, Chuck. I would find that distracting, I think. No, no, it is really? great. Yeah, really? a, back- a backlit screen is is it enriches the experience. So
1: when you like what kind of light like a just like a lamp? Uh...
2: Uh, well, anything really, but I, I just have a simple little can light that points up. Where so the, you
1: don't even you just see like a little bit of
2: splash of light on the on the wall behind it. Splash of light on the wall. Got behind it. it. And that's if you cool. go to a movie theater, uh, you will notice all kinds of side lighting and backlighting. That's very true for a reason. That's very true. It's it not does, so you yeah.
1: can make your way around. I was wondering that actually the other day I was at a movie and it was a little brighter than I was used to with those side wall sconces or whatever. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then I that makes a lot of sense, Chuck.
2: Yep. So that's my tip. Uh, Noel, do you have any? I don't know. I just. um I, I don't have any particular I, – I
1: mean I like the light to be controlled. I just got some of those Philips Hue smart lights, the, the, you know, the Bluetooth-controlled light bulbs that change oh, okay. color. So I've been oh, building wow. some looks kind of like lighting-wise for different <laughs> moods. So I actually haven't tried this out yet, but I'm thinking some kind of low – colored wash might be nice to set the mood in the room a little bit. So what are the bulbs? They are these bulbs that you can just screw into any lamp or fixture. But what's the system that... J- it's called you... Hue by oh, Philips. Okay. Hue by Philips. And you have an app on your phone that you can literally, you, however many l- lights you have in the system, I think it's up to like six or something, uh-huh. you can set different zones. So it can be like living room or bedroom oh. or whatever. And you can make these scenes where you, there are different combinations of the bulbs that can be whatever color and wow. intensity you want. And it's also Alexa controlled. You can say Alexa Alexa, right. wait, sorry to anyone who has an Alexa, you can say Schmalexa, turn on, you know, color wash
2: number six or, okay. you know, tropical paradise or whatever, wow. you know, it's really, really cool. I think you'd dig it. And it comes with a bag of weed. It totally does. Uh, Champ Rosado says this, I recently went all out and got a 4K projector and a 110 inch screen and it honestly changed my life. Uh, I also own a real deal popcorn maker. Yeah, there's something to be said for that projector, man. My brother's got quite a home theater. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think my brother goes to the movies anymore. Maybe occasionally, but he's got such a nice scene down there. He did it upright. Black curtains surrounding the screen, the whole deal. Uh, let me see. Justin Michael says, popcorn with brown butter, fresh mos- uh, rosemary, or rosemary and parmesan. And a good uh, bourbon barrel stout. Wow. Justin Michael doing it up. Brown butter.
1: Brown butter. That is some schmancy popcorn right there. Yeah. You know what? I like a little nutritional yeast on popcorn. It sounds gross (laughs) and clinical, Chuck, but it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice flavor.
2: Yeah, I don't know why the word yeast creeps me out. You got a word aversion to yeast? I think I do. How do you feel about moist? Moist doesn't... I know that freaks most people out. Yeah.
1: I don't hate it. Yeast bothers you more than moist. What about Moist Yeast?
2: (laughs) Oh, God. That's like the worst fan name (laughs) ever. The double whammy. (laughs) Uh, What's up? We're Moist Yeast. (laughs) It's also kind of a tongue twister. (laughs) Uh, And this is our first song. It's called Wet Farts. The Only Way is Through. A new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Join us as we hear from the world's greatest athletes, coaches, and trainers as they discuss how they utilize training, competition, and recovery to improve their performance and push through. Hall of Fame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw has established the culture of winning through her historic 35-season career at Notre Dame. But this season, Coach and her team are trying everything to stay afloat against a losing record. Here's Coach McGraw.
0: I've never been in this situation
1: before of having lost five starters and I was just thinking the other day, you know how when you're going through things and, and the stress of being number one and being the team to beat and being every
0: game knowing you're supposed to win, that, that really weighs heavy on your shoulders. And I, I think I said at one point, wouldn't it be great to be the underdog again? And my husband said, be careful what you wish
1: for. And here we are.
2: Listen to The Only Way is Through. Available now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Alan Smithy says, put the TV on game mode to reduce and remove processing so one is able to watch the movie with a proper frame rate and color intended by the creators. All right. That's a pretty good uh, good tip there. Uh, Thomas Tenarello says, if you have Blu-ray player and you're playing an older movie or DVD uh, or an older pressing of a DVD, always set the picture to cinema. It's not as vivid or saturated, uh, but you avoid weird skin tones and pixelation. Boy, this is great, man. People need these tips, Noel. They absolutely do.
1: These are important. I think um, – I wish I had more to offer. Um, I, I, I have a good, like, hi-fi system, but I don't have a surround system, so I don't typically hook it up to my, to my setup. Like, I yeah. kind of wish I had, like, a really good wireless Sonos kind of surround system. And then I would I, – I used to love – Having surround in my living room, I haven't had it in
2: years. Yeah, I've had got it, good I had it sound coming. And I crank that shit up when I can. Uh, let me see here. Sarah Nagy says, "I know some people hate it, but closed caption really helps me uh, catch lines a lot of times that I've never heard before." Yeah, if you can, uh, if you can sort of get by the words on the screen, it that bugs can, me. It bugs. It can me. really
1: help in a lot of movies. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it, man. It, it, it bugs me. It distracts me. It makes me. It, it draws my eye away from the action. Mm-hmm. It, I. I get. Do you like subtitled films? Well, I that you really don't have a choice at that point. Yeah, but know? does it bug you? A little bit. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't I mean I always find I'm less engaged with the action on screen when I'm having to constantly move my eyes up and down and, you know. Maybe I'm just not a fast enough reader, I don't know.
2: No, I mean I get it. I got to be in the right mood for a subtitled film, but I can I certainly enjoy it. Uh Benjamin Johnson says if you want stovetop popcorn, that's a bit unique. Toss in a few pickled jalapenos into the oil as it's heating up. The result is a spicy delight. Not bad. So you actually cook down the jalapenos. Well, cook the jalapenos in the oil and then I believe remove them. So it's like infused with jalapeno.
1: Oh, you're talking about actually popping the popcorn in some oil Stovetop baby. Man, That's yeah. Old school. Man, it tastes better, doesn't it? I think so. I think it really does. I think there's no question.
2: I mean, if you're comparing it to like air popping. Yes. Please. Yeah. You can put a hair dryer on your popcorn. I agree. And expect it to say it's as good as no. cooking it in you're oil. oil. You're right. What do you think about those crazy
1: ones that you that come with the like the tin foil and then it balloons up into this crazy uh, oh, Jiffy thing? pop?
2: Those are fun. I I mean, dude, that's seventies like I haven't seen those in years. Yeah, it I was still, in
1: that scene of Scream. remember the first, uh, the first Scream yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. She's cooking that, and uh-huh. when it—that's it, it, like the timekeeper for uh-huh. like how, how how much time yeah, has passed or whatever. Very
2: clever. It's very good. Uh, our old friend Lisa Romano says, similarly to me, my granny always used to put a lamp uh, beside the television and turn the main light off. Yeah, lighting is key, man. You you can't you can't watch a movie with the lights all the lights on. You got to set the mood, man. Set it. Uh, our old friend Adam Pelletier says, Air Pop Popcorn, right after I was just bagging on it. Air Pop Popcorn tossed and melted butter. All right. You, you're bringing me back. And then multiple dashes of a vinegary hot sauce uh, like Texas Pete or something. That's my go-to movie snack. People are digging the hot popcorn. You like the hot pop? Spicy pop? Yeah. You know, I don't know
1: that I've ever really uh, gone out for spicy pop. Maybe a little cayenne on top. And then you shake it around to infuse it. All right. I like this jalapeno oil uh, situation. Yeah. That's a good idea. How do you feel about kettle corn, Chuck? Sweet popcorn. Uh,
2: I like it, but not for movies. No. It's it's not the same. It's a different animal entirely. Different animal. All right. Here's a big one, everybody. And we've had a – I posted about this before um, because Tom Cruise recorded a public service announcement about this. Uh, This is from Danielle uh, Ferlito. On modern HDTVs, everybody, for the love of God, turn off motion smoothing.
1: Well, that's just 101 right there. Anyone that so gives many a people shit do not shit about the uh, integrity of, of the moving image, you got to turn that shit off.
2: Yeah. Here's here's the deal, everyone. Uh, your HDTV, when you buy it, likely comes with motion, something called motion smoothing turned on. Yeah. And if you think it looks funny and like a soap opera or something, yeah. Uh, Emily and I call it dailies mode. Yep. Um it is. Uh, 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 why do they even do it, Noel? It's the worst. Like, what's it for? I don't Wh- know. Who's it for? I think it may be for
1: sports. Yeah, but sports already are filmed at a higher frame rate anyway, so they already look that way. I don't know, man. Do you know what I'm saying, though, when I say the higher frame rate thing? It's like what it's doing for our traditional 24 frames a second, like the thing that our eye recognizes as a fucking movie. Yes. You know, which is the blur. It's literally that's what we like and what we are used to and the the pleasantness of that, that frame rate. Motion smoothing. Almost interpolates those frames and like maybe I'm saying this wrong. Correct me, anyone out there if I'm saying this wrong. But I believe it almost interpolates those frames and inserts new information to make it look like you're seeing the full action as opposed to this kind of it's just magical worst. ghosty thing that you're seeing in, in as film or at yeah. that frame rate. But again, sports though are filmed at a higher frame rate because this they're fast. They're running around. You want to see right. the action while they're you know moving around in the in the yeah. field or the fucking sports box. <laughs>
2: Well, most TVs will have a, a, a range of things, and chances are it has a cinema selection. Right. And if you don't want to best, if you don't really know what you're doing and want to mess with individual, like granular settings, sure. Just throw it on cinema yep. and just leave it there. I feel the same
1: way as a music nerd, and I'm sure you do too, for some of these like EQ presets yeah. that like pump up the bass and the mids and stuff. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. listen to it like the person that
2: mixed it and mastered it intended it to be listened right. to. Right. Like, oh, this needs more bass. No. No, it doesn't. Le- leave it alone. Yeah, You don't know what you're doing. So, yeah, motion smoothing, everyone. Um, uh, chances are you've had to, like, sneak into your in-law's house and find their remote in the middle of the night and turn it off <laughs> because that's what I used to have to do. And I've heard other similar stories. It is something that um, your father-in-law may not understand. So just explain to them that it's not a superior picture. It makes it all – gross and bad. Um, Heather Ingram have a blanket to curl up under and a hugging pillow for coziness. I'm all about the hugging pillow. Is that like called a, a snuggie? Clutch.
1: Oh, a clutch.
2: Yeah, when I sleep I have a pillow that I just hug. yeah. I do too. Yeah.
1: You guys, you and your wife, don't uh, don't spoon.
2: Oh, good God, no! We've Those been spooning married days for are a gazillion <laughs> years. Do you guys
1: sleep back to back? Do you like have your little corner and you face away from each other? Is this too personal? I'm sorry.
2: I mean, I, I flip around a lot. I so, you're a like, yeah. When you're supposed to be sleeping, just sleep. That's however, right. you want to sleep. Right. You don't have to sleep like cuddling
1: and I holding do, I another. I do. I do. I do resent good the God. implication. I do resent the implication that I'm going to stay in this position all night. So if like I'm, you know, with a lady and then she. Gets cozied up in such a way where my arm is tethered in some way. I'm like, this is sweet and everything, but this isn't gonna last. So it's I'm just untenable. gonna nip this in the bud right now.
2: <laughs> yank that bad boy right out from under you. Oh, uh, Christopher Watt says, uh, subtle ambient light is the key for sure. And we'll do one more. And I'm gonna leave these up, everyone, because these are good tips and we'll, we'll hit them again. Uh, and if you think you've, if you, if you think you don't know what you're doing watching films, go to this thread. On tips, and uh, maybe, well, no, I'm not going to pin it. Maybe I will pin it. All right, we're going to finish with Liam Murphy, who has a food tip. It's a little bizarre, if you ask me. Uh, But he got one heart from someone, so he he has a match. Uh, Microwave popcorn, plus a handful of peanut m ms mixed in. That's normal so far. Yep. Plus half a teaspoon of sugar sprinkled on top. That's to help the medicine go down. (laughs) And a glass of chocolate milk. Wait, in the popcorn? I don't think so. That would be bizarre. So, Liam, that is quite a power move there with your uh, popcorn foods. Yeah. I do like a good
1: chocolate milk. I'm not a milk drinker typically, but chocolate milk is a nice
2: treat. You know what, Noel? I'll get a chocolate milk, uh, whole milk, of course. Of course. About four or five times a year at the store. Exactly. I'll just see the small little bottle and I'll, I'll... I have a hankerin'.
1: Sometimes I'll get the real artisanal one. That's like six bucks for like just the tiny little. It's great milk jug, it's like yeah. the sweetest chocolate it's cream. So good, going right in your mouth. So good,
2: yeah. <laughs> I introduced my daughter to chocolate milk not too long ago, and she was kind of like, "Whoa, you've been ripping me off this whole time." There is magic in the world. There is magic in the world. All right, everyone, that does it for this. Many, many uh, thanks for listening. You got anything else? Oh, I uh,
1: I saw First Reformed. Oh. Yeah, you did. I did. I, I liked it. Um, I, I I got a little. I watched it on demand, and I got a little sleepy before the end. And the end is the big, the oh, big geez. moment. Yeah. So I actually have to watch that sequence. I haven't. Oh, seen, you have seen? The, I haven't seen the end yet. Get I read. Ready. I read about it, um, but I thought it was really good and really interesting. And I liked the fact that the first part of the movie, I almost thought something was wrong because I had read that the, there was this artist that I like that did the music. There's no music in like the first, almost. Three quarters of the movie. It's pretty stark. It's very stark. It's all what they call diegetic sound, which is just like sound that happens in the scene, like, yeah. like a choir or like a boombox or something. Yep. And then when things start getting real weird and the movie kind of takes a psychedelic turn, too, mm-hmm. I know you love that, that, that <laughs> term, but it does. There's like even a sequence that's very like trippy and out of body and they're like, <laughs> you know, stuff's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I liked it very much. And it's also, did you notice that it was square aspect ratio? Mm-hmm. It's not widescreen.
2: Oh, I don't know if I noticed it that. It is, yeah. I read I read a
1: little bit about it. Paul Schrader says he liked that because it means that the humans are taking up m- most of the frame. Huh. And he I th- thought that was really important for such a movie that was just like Characters conversations co- yeah. between people.
2: Good so. movie. I like uh, it a lot. And Noel, I just watched, since we're going down that road here at the end, uh, The Lobster, finally. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, it was good. As, you know, the, I, I love that guy's films. They're tough nuts to crack, but I like them. It's a weird one. But
1: it's fun in as much as it is also disturbing and nihilistic. That's why I think it's so interesting because it's like a lot of things.
2: Yeah, you, know? you got to get over the uh, acting and that in Killing a Sacred Deer. If you can't get past that, uh, not that it's bad acting, but he just does that thing, you know, that very stilted thing where none of the lines are said with any kind of emotion. Yes, and, all and you're just not just quite sure like what anyone's motivations right. are, you know. But uh,
1: I'm into it. I'm into it. Did you see The Favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I don't, Do we talk about that?
2: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Great. I'll have to refer back to the archives. Great. For that great, great. 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 I agree. Can't wait to see everything that that dude does. I know.
1: And I also am so happy that Olivia Coleman finally got her due. She's awesome. And she's—I've been loving her since you know British weirdo
2: comedies of the '90s, and now she's—and
1: <laughs> now she's this prestigious
2: actor. I love it. All right, everyone. This—that is truly the end. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Monday. Goodbye. For more
1: podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your
2: favorite shows.
0: Welcome to Teach Me Something New, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and BrittenCo. Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. This show is about inspirational thinkers, scientists, artists, and CEOs,
2: and the things they've learned that have transformed their lives. I'm tasking these world-class experts to teach me something new. In less than an hour. Listen to Teach Me Something New on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Dear Young Rocker is more than just a podcast about music. It's a memoir of how it feels to survive high school when you don't fit in, and the freeing feeling of picking up a guitar for the first time. It's also advice for anyone who is or was young and has ever felt weird or alone. Dear Young Rocker is written and narrated by me, Chelsea Erson, executive produced by Jake Brennan, and comes to you from Double Elvis Productions. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.